0: Before I share God's word, I I want to pray. I want to pray for anyone who may be tired. I want to pray for anyone who may feel like God did leave you. You've been wondering what he's up to and you don't understand what's happening. So many Sundays, before I stand behind the sacred desk, I feel tired. And I feel like that man who needed his son healed when he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief we don't need to try to act like we got it going on when we don't have it going on because if that was the case Jesus would have never said come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you will find rest. Rest for your soul. Anxiety is something we are to give to God but because sometimes we don't trust God we hold on to the things that make us anxious and thus it makes us weary. If everyone would stand to their feet right now This is still a house of prayer for all nations and it's a house of prayer for anyone going through something. This morning, Deacon Jesse Butler let me know that last night his mother-in-law transitioned and went home to be with Jesus. But he showed up this morning just to make sure everything was in place before he turns and goes back home and comforts his wife and encourages her. So we want to pray for Sister Nanette. Mama had been living with them for about 15 years, coming out of Baton Rouge, staying with her and her son-in-law. And they knew the end was close and near. But last night, God decided it was the time. And even though you know it still doesn't make it any easier sometimes, And they love the Lord they know she loves the Lord but here's the thing we have permission to grieve we have permission to mourn to cry our Savior went up to Lazarus's tomb knowing he was gonna raise him from the dead but he still wept because he loved him and he hated what death did to this man that he loved so you have permission to grieve Our encouragement, as we encourage each other, is to grieve with hope that trouble don't last always. The same God who brought you this far didn't just bring you this far. He's going to bring you to the next place. So if you say, Pastor, I feel a little weary. Pastor, I'm tired. Pastor, I need the Lord to really show up in my situation with brothers and sisters in here, but not performing, with family. Can you raise your hand so I can see it and know how to pray for you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep the hand. Yep, I see the hands, but more so, he sees your heart. Let's pray together. Oh God, you know every word in our heart before we speak them with our lips you are a good good father you're perfect in all your ways but we don't understand all your ways your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts we've lost some things we've lost some people but we thank you we haven't lost our mind we thank you Lord that you're a keeper when things are falling apart around us. We thank you that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us and he stands up uh, inside of us when we are falling down on our knees. We thank you that your strength is made perfect in weakness. So God, we confess our weakness today. I thank you that you're just not a savior who is concerned about saving our soul but you're a savior who is concerned about everything about us. You're willing, you want to save everything concerning us. And we know that you will. And Lord, we pray that you will continue to walk with those who are walking through the valley of suffering, of sadness, discouragement, depression, that you will walk with those who are walking through the valley of being lied to and lied on and forsaken by friends and family, Lord, walk with them. For those who are waiting on a word of wisdom and direction, Lord, give them strength to keep on waiting because you are growing them in the journey as they're waiting on the final destination. Lord, strengthen the parent who's struggling with a child today. Strengthen that spouse who's struggling with a spouse today. Strengthen that person, Lord God, who's weary in well-doing. Deliver the person from evil who is so close to going off on somebody. I thank you that we're in the temple of the living God, in the house of God. And one of the psalm writers said, I would have lost hope would have just lost everything. But when I came into the house of the Lord, things started to make a little bit more sense. So God, as we sang to you today, as we worship you today, as we did it by faith, some of us offered to you a sacrifice of praise. It was hard to lift a hand today. But if we don't turn to you, who else can we turn to? Forgive us for when we turn to idols and people and things rather than turning to you you're the only one who satisfies strengthen your people thank you oh God we believe that what we're waiting on is coming even if it's strength strength will rise as we wait on the Lord we love you so much in Jesus name we pray Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. i got a couple of announcements, and then I'll get into the word. A couple of things. We want to continue to pray for Pastor Jerry. Pastor Jerry had knee surgery um, a couple of days ago, and he thought he was just going to bounce right back. And uh, he's just bouncing right now. He's just right. bouncing. <laughs> so keep Pastor G in your prayers. Um, he had some pain, I want to say on Thursday. Um, a lot of pain. But Friday was better for him. So we want to keep him lifted up. Um, also this week there will be no Bible study because of spring break. And uh, let's see here. On, let, me, let me go back to what Sister Viva called lunch. Brunch. It's not lunch. Brunch it's lunch bunch. But if you want to call it lunch brunch, go ahead. We don't have small groups right now as a church. So we're trying to create ways to create community. And Wednesday night is a time of community for us to get together. The ATI classes in the morning. It's another time for community um, and another way of gaining community is with the choir, the worship team. Um, they get here early in the morning, and they have time of prayer, time of the word. Sometimes they eat food, and, and there's community amongst our Levites. And I think about people in our body, you, you just haven't found community yet. You come on Sundays, but uh, nobody knows your name, and you don't know too many folks' names. You got to take a chance. <clears throat> you got to get involved with the singles ministry if you're single. Um, Young adults, the neighborhood, men's ministry, women's ministry, uh, serve in children's ministry, there's community there, serve with the students, serve in outreach, so many opportunities. Um, But on Resurrection Sunday, there's going to be a lot of people up here singing. But here's what I need. I need for this choir to reflect more of what Strong Tower is all about. We're a diverse church. When we first started, believe it or not, it was majority white, 70% white. My family would come in from Baltimore and be like, how in the world is this happening up here in the South? It was a miracle God was up to something. Now we moved to Nashville with probably 70, 80% African-American, uh-huh, yeah, God is at work. But man, I don't like looking at my worship team and there's just Miss Eileen holding it down. Come on, somebody, come on, somebody help me out. And I know a lot of people are not here this morning to hear this encouragement and admonition, but I hope they'll watch the tape. And uh, if you can sing, will you join the super choir that will be happening on that Sunday? Um, Man, come on. You you can do it. I I know we got some wonderful world-class singers up in here, but come on. If you can make a joyful noise in tune, we need you. (laughs) Amen, Dr. Jewel? So let's, let's have that choir And let's have more diversity. So in your seat back pockets, there's this card, this connect card. All this stuff I'm talking about, you just haven't connected yet. Man, join a class. Come out on Wednesday nights. Uh, Serve. Just don't be a spectator. Be a participator because you will not grow um, in isolation. You will not grow if you're not serving and using your gifts uh, and, and being sharpened with other people. So connect, connect, connect. So you hit those barcodes, they'll connect you. They'll get you in. And again, um, I was told to make an appeal for diversity. They told me, do not say we need more white folks singing. (laughs) So I'm listening to my staff. They said, don't say white folks, pastor. I'm listening to my eldest wife. Don't say, say diversity, pastor. And so I'm so glad that I am obedient this morning. Amen. Well, I have a friend in town, and I'm going to give him some of my preaching time. Um, I just asked him impromptu if he would, you know, join us. He's in town doing a workshop, and uh, he came by this morning to sit in with the band, and I'm asking him right now if he would just play us something on that horn. Uh, Kirk Whalem, y'all, come on, come on up, man. Come on up, man. Thank hey. I'll think of you every step of the way. I remember when Kirk really broke that down for me, when the song talks about I'll think of you every step of the way, you know, that Jesus on the way to Calvary thought of us every step of the way. Why? Because he will always, always love us. Turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16 as we Continue in our second week in the series, Here Comes the Incredible Kingdom of God, grappling with and grasping this great mystery. Here comes the incredible kingdom of God. And today we're going to focus on using the keys of the kingdom, part one. Part one, using the keys of the kingdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your word. Help me to preach and teach your word. Give your people ears to hear. Give us all the ability to apply and live the things that you're going to speak today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There was a local grocery store, one of those mom and pop kind of stores that was located in what many called the quote-unquote inner city. The employees showed up as they normally show up early before the store opens just to make sure the, stock, the shelves are stocked, to make sure everything is in order. And they opened up the doors and the customers came in. Well, midway through the day, someone came in that the employees did not recognize. They'd never seen this person. It was a little girl. And she came into this mom and pop grocery store and just walked around. She walked around and she not only walked around, but she opened up doors to the broom closet and looked in there. She went all in the back where the storage area is. And the employees are just looking at this girl walking around through the grocery store, and, and then she walks behind where the cash register is, and she's just looking around, and, and one of the employees said to her, excuse me, young lady, but um, you're walking around this place like you own it. Who, who, who do you think you are? To which the little girl applies. She says, oh, oh, oh. no, I, I don't own it. But my father does. Because when your father, when you recognize that your father not only owns everything, but that good, good father rules everything. It changes everything. It changes how you live. And that's the kingdom of God. And before Jesus talked about the church, he talked about the kingdom of God. And Defining the kingdom can be very complicated, as we said last week. But in the simplest of terms, the kingdom of God is the rule of God. What is the kingdom of God in its simplest form? It is the rule of God. Our God reigns. And that's not something to make us arrogant. But that is something that ought to make us more responsible. Our God reigns, our God rules, our God is sovereign. He is the king of all kings. And our God rules over every realm, over every person, over every nation, over every angel, every demon, every problem, every circumstance, our God reigns. Because if there is a place that he does not reign, then he is not God. If there's a situation over which he does not reign and rule, he is not sovereign. So when we're going through things and we don't know how things are going to come out, we know that God knows how things will come out because he knows the end from the beginning. And as it has been said today, when I don't understand his mind, let me trust his heart because he's a good king. He's a good, good father. He rules, he rules, he reigns. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter one, verse 22, the Bible says, and he, God, put all things under his feet, Jesus' feet, and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things. Jesus is head over all things. But then watch this context to the church. That the church is the only entity and organization on the face of the earth that has direct access to the headship of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. He, he's head over everything to the church. In other words, the church, his body. We have access to the rulership of Jesus Christ like no other institution or organization. Yeah, he's head over Education and over government and over medicine. Yes, he's head over everything, but he's head over everything to the church. So we have a unique place and again, a place of responsibility in order to walk in and utilize this headship of Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus finally talked about the church, because he talked more about the kingdom of God than he did the church, but when he finally talked about the church, He did so in the context of the kingdom of God. In other words, the church is not to be interpreted, yet alone understood, apart from the kingdom of God. But when I went to seminary, the emphasis was on church. Very little, if any, was taught about the kingdom of God. You know, if you go and buy some diamonds today, you want to get a ring for your sweetheart, And you're looking at the rings and they're going to bring them out to you. They're just not going to bring them out and let you look at them. They're going to put them against a backdrop called a black velvet cloth. Because when you look at the ring against the backdrop of the cloth, you're able to see the diamond, see the ring a lot clearer based on the backdrop that is placed against. And when it comes to the church, the best way to understand the church, those of us who are trying to let our light shine for God. It shines best. The church is best understood against the backdrop of the kingdom of God. And that's what I'm trying to accomplish in these sermons this month. You see, the church is God's kingdom or heavenly representative on the earth. So when we talk about the church, we must talk about the kingdom of God. And the church is like an embassy. What's an embassy? We live here in the United States of America, but the United States of America has embassies all around the world. Embassies are really stations, places where the United States is represented on foreign soil. So therefore, if there's a United States citizen in a particular country, let's just say Ghana, and a person loses their passport in Ghana, Well, they're going to try to make their way to the United States embassy that's in Ghana in order to get help there on foreign soil where they can be recognized as a United States citizen, even though they're in the country of Ghana. So the church is like an embassy. We represent the kingdom of God on foreign soil. That's why the Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. Yeah, I know I got a passport and I'm proud to be a United States American citizen, but man, I'm more thankful to be a member, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And as a result, I represent God's interests on foreign soil. That's why the Bible says that we're sojourners just passing through. This is not our home. We're leaving this place, a strange land, to go to home. Heaven is home, even though we haven't been there yet, but it's home because my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's a seat reserved for me because I'm seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Haven't been there yet, but you might as well say I'm already there. So it's home, even though I haven't gotten there yet. This place is not my home. So I want to represent the king as best as I can until I get home. And the local church is like a foreign embassy. Well, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. We have the paramount passage that introduces the church to us. And again, watch how it's given to us in the context of the kingdom. The Gospel of Matthew is the book about the kingdom. You find things about the kingdom more so in the Gospel of Matthew than any other gospel. Matthew is writing to show that Jesus is in fact the king of kings. That Jesus' lineage in the tribe of Judah can be traced back to David, Israel's greatest king. And so Matthew is writing with this mindset to prove that Jesus is the lion from the tribe of Judah, that he is the king of the Jews. And so we come to Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. That means Messiah, the son of the living God, meaning that you are God in the flesh. You are Messiah and you are most high. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah or Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You just didn't figure this out on your own. But my father who is in heaven, he gave you this revelation. Verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter or Petros, And on this rock, this Petra, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys, plural, of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. So there it is, the church. I will build my church. And I'm going to give you the church, the keys of the kingdom of God. Next week, I'll get into more of the context of Caesarea Philippi and what was going on by way of the politics and the idolatry in the region. But for the sake of time, I'm going to keep rolling today. And I want to tell you that this word church that Jesus shares right here, this is a word that he borrows from the Greek culture. Mm -hmm. He used a worldly term. Because this word church, you've heard it before, it's a Greek word called ekklesia, ekklesia. And it simply means called out assembly. The church called out assembly. Oh my. You see, in the Greek world, the word ekklesia was used to describe civil assemblies that govern a city or a community. I want you to stay with me here because church is so much more than coming and getting your praise on. Church is so much more than coming and getting a word. It's so much more than being self-seeking and all of that. Um, There's some authority that we have not only been given, but we're to utilize. So we got to understand a little bit more. So let's take our time here. But Jesus borrowed this term from what was going on in the Greek world and the Greek culture so in Acts chapter 19, let me read something to you from Acts chapter 19 about this word assembly, about this word ecclesia. Acts 19 beginning at verse 32, the Bible says, some therefore cried one thing and some another for the assembly, that's the word ecclesia was confused and most of them did not know why they had come together. Then we read down in verse 39. Let's see here. But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly. And then in verse 41, and when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. You see, there was a riot going on in Ephesus. Paul came and preached about Jesus, and he put the idol makers in town out of business, and so the, the, the town was in an uproar because when you start messing with people's money, that's when you find out how people really feel about you. And so there was an uproar and the assembly got together. Um, a group of people who govern, uh, a group of people who lead uh, uh, legislative concerns in the community. And they were able to stop the riot and quell the crowd. So Ecclesia called out assembly an assembly that has legislative and governing power. But not only that, in Hebrew culture, the assembly, because the Greek, uh, let, let's say it this way, the Old Testament in Greek would use this same word. Uh, it's called uh, uh, the, 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 the lexicon, uh, the Septuagint rather. So they would translate the Old Testament into Greek and they would use that same word in this Greek Old Testament. So this ecclesia would come up in the Old Testament concerning the people of God. And with the people of God in Hebrew culture, the assembly was the place where binding legal decisions were made that affected God's people. Pastor, what you talking about? In Joshua chapter 18, when Israel was going into the promised land, Moses had died and Joshua's leading them and so they're conquering all these places and spaces. They're getting the land in the land of promise. And so there were some tribes that didn't get their allotment. And so they had to call in assembly. Uh, Joshua chapter 18, verse 1. Now the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of meeting there. And the land was subdued before them. But there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. Then if we go over to verse 10, and there's so much in this passage. It says, Then Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before the Lord, and there Joshua divided the land to the children of Israel according to their divisions. All of this happened because the people assembled together in an assembly in order to make governmental legislative decisions on behalf of the people of God. But it goes a little bit deeper for the children of Israel because the assembly was not only a place to deal with uh, legal matters that were binding. Put that word binding away, okay? Legal matters that were binding. But it was also a place where they assembled to worship God. Uh, Psalm 35, verse 18 Psalm chapter 35, verse 18. I hope you don't mind me turning some pages this morning. This is Strong Tower, what you think, church. Not this is Strong Tower, Bible church. Psalm 35, 18 says, I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people. Over and over again in the Old Testament, you see them talking about the assembly and praising God in the assembly. That's the ecclesia. So when we talk about the church, it's a group of people who have been called out in order to be brought in. Called out of what? Out of darkness and into the marvelous light. Called out of Adam and into Jesus. So to be a part of the church, one must be born again. Uh, You know, there'll be a couple of aints that try to mix in with the saints. There'll always be a couple of goats. They try to get in with the sheep, but, but God knows who belongs to him. Amen. We can fool and fake each other, but he knows who is a part of his church, his universal body. Let me stop and pause right here. His body is made of many different parts and let's just say denominations down through the years, but. Sometimes the denominations think that they are the only ones who are a part of the body of Christ. Denominations develop because of distinctives that people have. You know, we baptize this way. We believe this. We believe that. So denominations get formed. But here's the thing about denominations. You you ever had money and and you go to a a, a bank and or to a store and and they have a cash register. I know we're using plastic a lot. and We use the debit card. But back in the day, we did use cash and we did use change and coins and and they would put all of that uh, currency in a register. Now, now, and in there, there were different denominations of money. There, there were ones, and fives, and tens, and twenties, and hundreds. There were pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters. The key to get into the register was that you were a part of the accepted currency, regardless of the denomination. And when we think about God's register or God's body, the kingdom of God, the church universal, there are different denominations, but are you proper currency relating to the king of kings? Because, you know, in America, if you try to slip somebody a fake uh, uh, bill, like, no, that don't make it into uh, uh, the register. Or, Or if you try to Pay with some Bahamian money. And they're like, no, this ain't Bahamas over here. You got to take that to Bahamas. And, 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 and they, it won't get into the register. And so we've got people who are of different denominations. You do know Catholics are Christians too, don't you? I know all of them ain't Christians. And neither are all Baptists. But there are people in so many different denominations who love Jesus who are in that great big register in the sky. It's just a different denomination. I I, I put all that in for free. So, So let me keep on going. The assembly was the place to get together and make decisions that needed heaven's backing, but it was also a place to come and meet with God. So when we are really having church, We are doing things that heaven blesses and endorses and authorizes, and we're worshiping and giving God praise and glory that he is due. So when you put these ideas together, this is what the church is. It is an assembly of called out believers in Jesus who worship and serve God. I got to read Hebrews chapter 12 to you. Hebrews chapter 12. This is beautiful. I love this. Verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion as opposed to Mount Sinai where the law was given and and, and the voice of God was thundering and there was lightning and the people were afraid of God. And God said, we're not coming to that mountain anymore where the law was given and you were afraid of God. You're coming to a new mountain now, Mount Zion, the holy hill of God in Jerusalem uh, to the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem, wow, he just brought heaven into this experience. To an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered. There's that word registered. Thank you, God. In heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men, and I'll add women made perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than things than that of Abel. My God. So when we're coming to church, we're joined with angels. We can't see them, but they're here. They hang out anywhere that God is worshiped. They're in this house. They're with us right now, and they're in your home. They love to worship God. So when we come to Zion, we're coming to The assembly, a place to legislate and to govern and to to bring to to bear the things that are significant to the kingdom of God. And so, God has given us access to his divine authority. And when he gives us this access, um, he wants us to do several things. He wants us to make disciples, he wants us to make a difference. Because he's given us access to his authority. He's also wanting us to make demons flee. He wants us again to make decisions that we need wisdom, his wisdom. How to make decisions concerning the souls of men and women that we are to care for in the church. And then we're to also make declarations. These are just five of the keys on God's kingdom keychain, And today I'm only going to talk about two. I may only do one. Because of the time. But, but I'm talking about the keys of the kingdom. I'm going to give the church, Jesus said, the keys of the kingdom. So what are these keys? I just said some of them. How do we use these keys? Let's talk about that. This first key, this might be the only one I preach today. The key to make disciples. The key. And I want you to see the word key as authority. Okay. Because when you have keys, you have authority. Remember when you were in elementary school, um, they talk about latch key kids. You, you were given a key when you went to school. and <clears throat> Sometimes you hung that key around your neck because that was your authority to get into your house when you got home from school. If you didn't have that key, you didn't have authority, which means you didn't have access. And you got your behind whooped if you lost that key. So the key, anytime you lose your keys, you feel vulnerable. I lose my keys so much. My kids for Christmas. Brought me one of them locators that I put on my keychain. Oh, I can't get a witness today. That, 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 that when I can't find my keys, I grab my phone and my phone will tell me if my, my keys are in the vicinity. But it's a real bad day when I lose my keys and can't find my phone. You ain't praying for me today. I, I need help looking for my glasses and they on top of my head. I need help. But keys speak of authority. Matthew 28. Oh, boy, a very familiar passage, but sometimes when things are familiar, we we sometimes miss the meaning of them. Verse 18, this is the ascended Christ before he goes to heaven. The Bible says, and Jesus came and spoke to them, the disciples saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore. The therefore is based on the fact that he has all authority. So because I got all of this authority and you roll with me, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So when we go out sharing the faith, we're not going in our own power. At least we shouldn't go. We're going in the authority of the risen Christ who rules over every realm, every realm of evangelism that we step into. If it's our home, our job, on the street, on an airplane, we're operating in authority that belongs to God. And he says, be my witness. Which is why in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says that power is going to come upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to give you power to be a witness, even if it means losing your life, because the word witness means martyr. Because some witnesses get killed, which is why some Christians don't want to speak up, because it might kill their social life. It it just might kill who will be friends with them. But there are some people who, when they speak for Jesus, they actually get killed which is why I need to die before I start sharing because I got to carry my cross and die to myself because if it's all about me, I'm probably not going to talk about Jesus because I don't want to be ashamed and I don't want people to look at me like I'm a religious fanatic. And we say all these things so that we don't share and open our mouths and talk to people about Jesus. Talking about Jesus ought to just flow out of your heart because it's a love relationship. I don't have a problem talking about my kids because I love them. I don't have a problem talking about my friends because I love them. I don't have a problem talking about my wife because I love her. And I shouldn't have a problem talking about Jesus because I love the one who loved me first. That's right. That's right. But I'm doing it because he's given me authority to do it. Because people need to know about him and have the same kind of relationship I have with him. Thank you, Jesus. And, 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 and Jesus, when he said, I'm giving y'all the keys, but Pete, come here. Peter, I, 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 you, on the day of Pentecost, I'm giving you my keys, the keys to make disciples, which means sharing the gospel. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, Pete, here, take my keys, and I want you to unlock the gates of hell on the day of Pentecost Uh, Because those gates of hell have prisoners behind them. Prisoners who are lost. Prisoners who are in darkness. Prisoners who need salvation. The devil has them locked up. I used to be over there behind them gates. But something happened in 1984 where he set me free and brought me out of that kingdom into the kingdom of the son that he loves. Uh, 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 So Peter used the keys, man. And he preached on the day of Pentecost. And 3,000 people were added to the church. He used the keys of the kingdom. We need to plant the seed, water the seed and trust God to give the increase. Increase isn't up to us. We're not the ones who make salvation occur, but man, we got to plant and water. Oh, y'all know I have a love hate relationship with my lawn. I'm not the kind of guy that's taking care of my lawn in the off season. I'm not out there doing the thing to get them little holes in there. I don't have, I'm not paying the money with the people coming by with the truck spraying. I pray over my lawn to have a resurrection every spring. <laughs> I looked at the weather report, saw the rain was coming. I said, okay, now's the time. Let me cut these weeds back. Cut them back, cut them down. Uh, uh, grab my weed and Feed put it in the thing and went around. And then I felt drops come. I said, better hurry up and put this seed down. Better hurry and put this seed down because the rain is coming. Because I know once the seed gets planted and once the water from the heavens come, oh, give, give, give it some time. Oh, my lawn gonna come back. It's gonna come back green. Them weeds, them dandelions ain't gonna be out there like they were because I trusted the seed and the watering process and let nature do what nature does. Let God do what God does. Let me plant the seed with my children. Let me water the seed with my children I can't make anybody get saved but Lord let me do my part and watch you bring the increase that's the key of the kingdom Lord I have it but I don't always use that key Lord but I'm gonna go ahead and hit it the key to make a difference the key to make a difference yeah the key of making disciples he's given us that authority to do that but also, he's giving me a key to make a difference. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Make a difference. Because a lot of times, we, we just want to have a relationship with Jesus where it's just between him and us. And, and you know, we, we, we don't want to concern ourselves with people who are hurting and struggling. But that's not how Jesus was. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He didn't just preach, he reached. He didn't just teach, he touched. So if we're going to be like him, we got to preach and teach, but we also got to reach and touch. We got to go where hurting people are and not get upset when they don't come to where we are. Uh, We got to take the kingdom to them. We got to go where they are. And not just to people who vote like us, look like us, uh, uh, live in the same kind of socioeconomic bracket as us. No, we got to go to people who are hurting, who are least, who are last, who are lost. Talked about that last week. I won't go too much into that. But on Friday, I got a call from one of our ministers here at the church. This minister had been going through and probably still going through a really difficult season. This minister was just struggling and, man, it's been tough. But this minister loves to serve the least of these. This minister loves to get out in the community and get her hands dirty. This minister's greatest joy is to see hungry people fed and naked people clothed. This minister is Lasagna Thompson. And so on Wednesdays when we had meals here, we had Taco Wednesday last week. When we don't eat all of that food, the ladies box it up real nice. And then Lasagna comes and gets the food and takes it to various homeless communities throughout the city of Nashville. And she takes it. And, 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 and this past week, she, she took that food out on Friday. And when those folks got the food, they were so excited because Lasagna's, she's got this reputation that when she comes, she's bringing love and she's bringing good food. This is the stuff we eat. They started eating that food. They got so excited and excited. They started saying, "Um, can you send somebody from your church to pick us up on Sunday?" So that we can go to church where you go to church. Because it's just not the food. It's something about your touch. It's something about your love that's showing me Jesus. Because folk who live in the projects, they realize when folk try to make them a project. And when folk don't see the image of God in folks. And, and, and the church is using folk with pictures and look at what we're doing. Well, folk in the street, just because they may live in the projects or may be low income don't mean they're low in IQ. So you want to use me? I'm going to use y'all. Yeah, you can take my picture, just keep bringing that stuff by here and paying my rent and doing all this stuff. But when you legitimately love people, they pick up on it real recognizes, real. Because a lot of churches do stuff with strings attached. We'll feed you if you pray this prayer. We'll feed you if you come to our church. We don't do that at Strong Tower Bible Church. We just love folk where they are. And then when they do that thing like with Paul, uh, uh, when Paul was locked up and God broke him out of prison, and they, the, the jailer said, um, what must I do? be saved. Paul didn't have to ask him, you want to be saved, bro? No, that dude saw the power go. said, man, I want some of that. So when the world starts saying, can you bring me to church? But here's the deal. In order to do that, we need some drivers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We look around, who can do it? No, Isaiah, here am I, send me. Especially if you don't have a place yet to serve. Because folk need to be picked up. We got a van out there. How about we run that van on Sundays into these neighborhoods? Now, that also means that you got to be okay with people coming in who may not be again in our economic bracket. People coming in who may smell a little bit differently than we smell. But I'm here to tell you, man, that's the revival. That's the kingdom of God. Oh, my goodness. Making a difference, making a difference. And this is Women's History Month. And I got to say, man, that just like with Jesus, the women outshined the men. You know, when Jesus died, all the brothers ran. John did come back. But who was at the cross? It was women at the cross. Who was at the tomb? Not men, not the apostles, not the holy men of God. No, they were hiding. The ladies were at the empty tomb. And then when they came to tell the men, the men didn't even believe them. Jesus had to then come rebuke them. You didn't even go and you're not gonna believe somebody who was there. Man, we got some men like that. But here's the deal. In our church, the women keep things alive around here much more than the men do. When I think about outreach, who's leading the charge? It's women. Savannah, Lasagna, the golden girls. You don't know about the golden girls. You need to know. They're the ones who make sure all of those clothes that we donate are folded and hung up. Matter of fact, We just recently moved our storage because we take this big trailer out. We go into the schools and close, as Lasagna would say, those babies. Because some kids don't have clothes, they don't have school supplies, they don't have food for after school. And so we take that trailer up, but we haven't been able to take the trailer up because we don't have a driver that has the right kind of license to take the truck with the trailer. But let me go back to the Golden Girls. They moved everything out of the White House where the students meet and they packed it. Thank you, Char, for packing all that stuff in a room upstairs so the women who are over 60 don't have to get on their knees sorting stuff out. It's on shelves now. It's hung up. It's nice and orderly now because we're going to make sure that we serve people with dignity and with honor but we got to make sure it's right in here. But Who's doing the bulk of it? It's the women. I'm not proud to say that. It's something about the ladies. Fellas, what's up? But that's how a lot of us are at home. We're gonna watch our wife cook, clean, do the dishes, do the homework with the kids while we sit and get caught up on Sports Center. Pastor, you generalizing, but I think I'm hitting the bullseye somewhere with somebody. I am guilty of that. And my wife has to lovingly correct her husband and put a knot upside my head. Get up, boy. All right, I got to keep moving. I got to keep moving. I'll stop right there. We got to use the keys. I, I, I can't even talk about ministering like Jesus, doing greater stuff than he did, John 14, or praying in Jesus' name. My God. He says, I'll give you whatever you ask for when you pray in my name. That's authority. That's authority. To make a difference. Well, we've been given access to these keys. We, we got to use these keys. God has given us the access, the authority to make disciples. Let's do it. He's given us the authority and the access, the key to make a difference. So the question on the floor is, we have the keys, but are we using them? It's just not for the preachers to use them. Now, there'll be some keys I'll talk about next week that preachers use. When we talk about binding folks together and loosing, we'll we'll talk next week, Lord willing, about that. But the church has access to these keys. You know, this is spring break, and a lot of people are gone right now. Well, I'm going to go somewhere this week. I'm going to Virginia for three days so that I can write. I've been trying to write and finish this book about the black presence in the Bible. Oh, man. So since we don't have Bible study, I'm going to Virginia, a different atmosphere, different environment, so I can write. So I called my in-laws up. They live in Virginia. Uh, uh, Pastor Mac, Ms. Mack, can I stay at y'all's house? Because they're going to be out of town. This brother's going to Bermuda. I said, I I, I need a little bit more of that anointing on my life from you. He's going to Bermuda. And so I said, can I use your house? They they said, yeah, you can use the house and you can use the car. So here's the deal, Chris. We're going to tell you where you can find the car key, where you can find the house key. Do what you want. Man, it's yours. They gave me access, they gave me authority because they're giving me the keys. But what if I go to Virginia and I don't use the keys, use the access, use the authority that they've given me and I end up going to a hotel doing, that would be foolish. God has given us keys. He's given us access. We don't own the stuff. It's his stuff. He lets us use his stuff. Use his power. Use his authority. Use his resources. But the issue is, are we going to use the keys? Let's stand for prayer. I kept you 10 minutes over. Oh, man, if you had a good football game and it went in overtime, you wouldn't go nowhere. Don't don't complain. It's all good. But uh, God met us today. He always meets us. He's so faithful. Oh, boy. Let's pray together. God, we want to use the keys, and we have an opportunity right now to go down the hall to make a difference, to pack boxes and to deliver boxes. This is a great time to reach and touch people with the authority that you've given us to love people. God, we thank you. The Strong Tower has caught the vision and it really came from a woman who has a heart for the community. And because of Lasagna's calling and her gifting, her passion, Lord, I believe your hand is on our church in a special way because when we Serve the poor we're lending to you and you know how to pay back Lord when I see how you bless this church I know a lot of it is connected to the fact that you trust us with your resources to go and love your people who are not yet in the kingdom you told parables about the kingdom of God and when the people who were invited didn't want to come to the banquet You said go out to the highways and byways and reach those folks and compel them to come in because there's much food at my table. Thank you, God. Keep growing us. Use us. We bless you. We thank you for this time together. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have some moments, please go on down the hall. And again, let's make a difference. Pack boxes. Deliver boxes and follow instructions from our lady leaders. Have a great day. Lord willing, we'll see you next week. And I'll be in Virginia writing. Pray for your pastor. Holla.